재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM Hello, good afternoon. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Uh, H5N6, uh, this is uh, the uh, latest strain that is uh, seemingly making a very rapid outbreak throughout Asia. Um, we've, th- we've been talking about this almost on an annual basis, and ever since the, uh, the big battle days of H5N1, of course, which was uh, quite deadly. Uh, is this simply more of the same pattern, or is there something unique to uh, this season's outbreak? Yeah, the, the, this current H5N1 virus is actually very much part of this ongoing evolution or mutation outcome of influenza viruses in nature. So it is an uh, inherent property of influenza viruses to continuously mutate. Hence, we get all these new subtypes emerging regularly on, on a very global level. Could you tell us more than... As, as far as the particular strain, obviously uh, we are not uh, experts like yourself on these uh, viral outbreaks, but H5N6 in particular, is it, is it different? Is it more contagious? Is it more uh, potentially uh, harmful to humans? Yeah, th- this virus, as far as we know, primarily is limited to birds, as the name would suggest, is avian H5N1 virus. However, in the laboratory, we have shown that this particular subtype appears to be able to easily infect uh, laboratory mice and uh, and ferrets. So it is telling us that this particular subtype potentially, and I say the word potentially, is more able, it seems, to infect humans, unlike the previous uh, subtypes that we have been dealing with. I mean, if you compare... In, in the lab, the relative infectivity of this current H5N6 virus with the previous, as you mentioned, the H5N1, we found that the H5N6 virus appears to be more infectious than the H5N, sorry, the H5, H, H5N6 virus appears to be more infectious than the H5N1 virus. However, at the same time, we also found in the laboratory that this particular new H5N6 subtype appears to be less severe in its uh, clinical outcome on mm. infected uh, laboratory animals. So just to so, sort of... Um, so there's good news and bad news. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think a lot of people have been very, very... <laughs> 
dismayed to hear that this is actually more uh, contagious and can spread faster than the original H5N1 uh, strain we've seen. But uh, what you're saying is that in terms of, I believe, what you mean by the uh, the the patient outcomes, the 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 symptoms that uh, generally tend to occur with H5N6, from what you've observed so far, is that it doesn't appear to be as severe. Correct. I think your your reading of it is correct. At the same time, we are also quite anxious because there there have been human fatality cases uh, in in recent months. So we were very uh, worried about how how deadly it could be if it gets into the wider human population. Now, this virus, I would also say that um, it is part part of the uh, ongoing evolution of influenza viruses, and I think Korea is probably the latest country. Uh, that has officially reported uh, its presence. I mean, prior to uh, South Korea, we we have outbreaks, of course, from China, countries like Vietnam, Laos, Hong Kong, and uh, other countries may also have this uh, virus, but they are not perhaps found it yet or have not decided, they have not started looking for it yet. We know that these things can spread like wildfire. Um, uh, as I talked about in the introduction, uh, there has already been some uh, culling of, of the birds uh, in the various farms where they have detected the virus. Uh, aside from that, what are some of the, the general effective measures to um, try and compa- uh, contain the spread of this besides quarantine and, and culling? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, our arsenal in the combat against such viruses is somewhat limited. In in countries where the virus is not endemic, that means it's not present normally, the, the culling method, the large-scale culling method, is still the best method to contain the virus. Because once you have the virus in, in the country and it becomes endemic, that means it's everywhere, then it becomes a problem that you cannot resolve. You have to live with it. So it's better not to have the problem by being very harsh and extreme in some ways in getting rid of the virus by culling infected and suspected animals that may be harboring the virus than to just leave it to, say, widespread vaccination. Uh, In some countries, vaccination against such viruses is practiced. However, we know that in the main, it doesn't work very well. Mm. If, if anything, it can cause more problems in the spread and in the mutation of this virus by having an active vaccination program. And what I would say is that uh, the, the thing to combat this virus in the first instance is what we are doing right now at a global level is to have this very much improved method of, of surveillance and reporting findings so that everyone knows on a global level, what's happening. Uh, So I think this is the first and most important first step to control. At a more local level, I think, um, especially in Asia, the the structure of having wet animal markets is actually a source of human exposure to such viruses. And and this is one area that can be done, that something can be done concretely to try to reduce the exposure risk to humans of such viruses. The fear, as always has been, and up till now, we haven't had severe uh, concerns over human-to-human transitions of these type of uh, H5 uh, category viruses. Is it 
you you mentioned that these are continuously mutating viruses and they change uh, year by year. Is it possible that uh, there could be a strain that eventually mutates into one that would result in in human to human transmissions that could be a huge problem? Right? Yeah, I mean this is actually open to wide scale speculation amongst the virologists because uh, it is a very big unknown. Sadly, from my perspective. In, in appreciating the nature of this virus, being able to mutate all the time, I think it's only a question of time that we will get a strain that is highly pathogenic to humans and highly infectious at the same time. So we have, we'll have a double whammy, and that's where the problem can really be very, very serious. This is one of the worries that a lot of people have because uh, you you have these various um, poultry farms, duck farms, chicken farms, um, and in the Korean context, it's, it's a very uh, severe economic blow to a lot of these farmers who are not making huge incomes anyways from it. Nevertheless, as you say, it's, it's, it's harsh and extreme and it has to be done. However, uh, there's a weariness that sets in because it's almost a, an annual rite of passage, as we say, and it seems like uh, you have to deal with this every season uh, when it comes to flu season. Is this sort of the new normal that we're in? We just have to expect that this is going to be the reality, uh, in particular with the bird flu? I think from the perspective of intensive agriculture that we see today, this is likely to be a reality that we have to live with because with more intensive agriculture, with higher human population, higher animal density, birds, pigs, living almost side by side in many places, this kind of uh, evolution of the viruses is bound to happen and I think we have to live with it. However, we can take precautions, as I mentioned earlier. We need to be able to have a, a system where we can monitor viruses, such as even influenza, regularly so that we can report such cases and impose uh, measures to prevent it. The fact that you have large-scale culling suggests that your system in Korea is working fairly well in that you've identified cases, you try to put a stop to it. On the plus side, these are the right things to do because the alternative is far worse both economically and also for animal welfare. Yeah, it certainly is a, a tough uh, situation here. Uh, when do we uh, get a sense, you think, with this season and H5N6, where uh, the culling is uh, occurring in countries like South Korea, as you say, it's the latest country, we probably will expect other countries that will report the virus strains, but is it something that we're going to have to be, you feel, dealing with throughout the winter? Yes, I think this is an ongoing process uh, because, uh, uh, unfortunately, viruses do not recognize seasons. Yeah. And uh, so long as they popped up and if they are more infectious, we will see it and we will feel it either in our animals or in ourselves. Well, uh, a mix of good and bad news. Uh, Professor Chang, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate your insights. Not at all. Uh, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Bye now.